for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, happy Thursday. I actually just finished my interview with our guest today, Mr. Josh Beckerman, aka Foodie Magician. He's a very famous guy in New York City, like in the food scene, entertainment scene. I also think it might be helpful if you guys are not following him already to give him a follow before we get into the interview, just so you can get a vibe of what he does and what we're talking about in the interview. His Instagram handle is at foodie, F-O-O-D-I-E, magician, just like the word, M-A-G-I-C-I-A-N, that's at foodie magician. Anyway, he's a tastemaker in the food scene. If you are opening up like a restaurant, a bar, a cool food spot, you need to have this guy there talking about it, writing about it, letting people know because the younger generation especially really goes to him for direction on where to go, what to eat, etc. He's kind of like the New York Times food and restaurant critic, like I said, but for millennials. <laughs> All right, in the interview, he got into two really specific things I think are super prevalent to New York City people right now. One is where to go to meet people, to go out. There's not like the typical like New York City bar scene where you're like bumping into people, buying drinks. It's not, you have to be seated. So he listed a couple of hot spots um, of where you wanna be and where you wanna go. He also gave a specific list of recommendations for people who are in New York City and wanna take their laptop out and go work somewhere and sit somewhere with Wi-Fi, a nice surrounding. Maybe you can have lunch, maybe a drink if you're feeling it. So I found that really helpful, especially with working at home all the time. You're like, oh gosh, I want to go somewhere. And I found my local coffee spots have all like cut the Wi-Fi and it's just about grab and go. And it's, if you don't have a membership at Soho House, it is nice to be able to go somewhere and sit and get out of your house for a minute. As you are listening to this, I am on my way back to New York City. My key takeaway from LA is that it does overall feel a lot quieter than New York City. Like I said, I love the beach in Malibu, but when I did that big run that I love from Venice to Malibu, where you run through Venice and Santa Monica, I did notice this very serious homelessness situation that people have been talking about. I guess I just didn't really see it in the flesh, but think about like a neighborhood you live in and they're just being like tents lined up and down it. That's sort of the energy of Venice right now. I hope that goes away. I hope, I, I don't want anyone to be homeless. Like that's the other thing. Like I wish there could be a solution for this. It's just, it's really, really sad. I did, however, have one discovery in Venice. I found the best coffee shop I have been to in my entire life. It's on Abbot Kinney, that really cool street with like all the shops and the restaurants. The coffee shop is called Intelligentsia, I think is how you pronounce it. I literally like took time to do my hair before going out to get my coffee because it's like a very chic scene right at seven o'clock in the morning. So be sure to check it out if you are in LA. So my birthday was actually yesterday, but we didn't get to celebrate because the set ran late, but I am having a birthday bash with a few close friends at Lola Taverna on Saturday night. So if you're out and about and you might be there, come say hey. So let's get into it. All right, a quick update on the Bill and Melinda Gates story. Wow, the plot is thickening. And I was wrong. I was right about there being someone else in the mix. But I thought it was Melinda. Guess what? It's Bill Gates. And he's sort of like a Prince Charles 2.0. If you don't know that reference, check out The Crown on Netflix. You will know what I'm saying in terms of like this love triangle. So I can't believe this has not been brought to our attention in a louder way before, but... Bill Gates was dating this woman named Anne Windbland. 
uh, it's funny. She even like has sort of like the Camilla style teeth, like Prince Charles's Camilla. But I guess these two have spent a weekend or a week together every year through their whole lives, through his whole marriage. And before he even got married to Melinda, he said like, look, this is built into the arrangement. I need to see her every year. He did this profile in Time Magazine in 1997 where all this information has been brought up to the forefront again. Also, interestingly enough, Warren Buffett, who I talked about on Thursday's episode, he has a similar type situation with this woman who actually his ex-wife, or I don't think they ever got divorced, but his wife set him up with this woman that he ended up sort of spending, I say the end of his life, like he's gone, spending a big piece of his, a big portion of his life with. So he, I guess, lived with his mistress. But this woman is smart like Bill. I think she's an engineer as well. And they are sort of each other's kind of muse, I guess. She got married, married someone very successful, had a successful life herself. But she said some interesting things like, they would watch movies. No, she's not calling him out. This is all stuff that's been pulled from the past. And I don't know, maybe they're just finally deciding that they can live together. But Bill and uh, his mistress, Anne, would go to movies like in different cities and then call each other at night to discuss them. Like that feels extremely intimate. She also revealed some information about, he would say things like, I can see how I can get Microsoft to 500 million. But what concerns me is I don't know how we get past that. So this guy is not some like tech geek. He was always a money hungry dude. If he's thinking and talking like that, that's somebody who wants to be the richest man in the world. Sounds like their yearly vacation spot that they favored the most was Outer Banks in North Carolina. So he must own a place out there. But very scandalous. Let's see what happens. Maybe that's why the daughter came out so kind of aggressively, not aggressively, but emotionally, because maybe, who knows, do you think she knows about this other woman that's been in their lives for before she was even born? Is this a surprise to the kids? The cake is, of course, he was having a relationship. Anybody who goes to spend a week with somebody else, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe people can be friends, but he's also like 10 years older than her. So, oh, another thing was Bill went to this woman, Anne, and talked to her about if marrying Melinda was the right thing to do. And she said, I think you should go for her. I think you should marry her. So this woman has, like they say in the Prince Charles situation, there's three people in the marriage, which was a bit crowded. And my cake here is maybe Melinda's just kind of like, eh, really? After all this time, you still have to go see this woman for a week. She is, actually, I think she's older than Bill, too. It's funny because with a lot of the COVID separations, people give the excuse of like, oh, it's so hard to live on top of one, in, one another. And that's why everybody's splitting up. But like I said on Tuesday's show, these two didn't even need to like be in the same room together. Like they could live completely separate lives and complete, have different, completely separate worlds. And then my mom said something interesting. She was like, maybe all that space is what caused the problem. So who knows? We'll see what happens. So my cake here is I think there is about to be a lot of scandal unfolding. I can't figure out how clean their divorce is. So TBD on that. But I'm not going to lie, it would kind of be exciting to have sort of all this unfold in court. <laughs> but I am doubtful that that will transpire. Also, side note, everyone's obviously comparing um, Mackenzie Bezos and their situation to her. Mackenzie Bezos only owned 4% of Amazon, which surprised me. I thought they had like 80% and she had 40 of it after, but 4% gets you that much money in Amazon. Okay, a quick market minute, guys, before we get into the foodie magician interview. 
The word on the street is that Wall Street analysts are giving Ethereum a $5,000 price target. It has definitely been rallying over the past couple weeks. They are the crypto, like in the technology that supports the NFTs, which everyone is talking about right now. So I believe that has obviously played a part in the recent rise. So Ethereum has rallied over 30% the last week and 1500% in the new year. These cryptos are wild. However, that does not compete against Dogecoin's recent rally. They traded up 50% over the past week or two weeks here. The cake, I am still on the crypto sidelines. Do not take my investment advice. Cake for Breakfast is not a registered broker. I am increasingly interested in Ethereum though. I feel like it hasn't had that Bitcoin pop yet like it Bitcoin had when they went from like 20 to 50. They came down a bit earlier in the week. They're trading around 53 on uh, 53K on Tuesday. TBD. But the cake still stands. I need to jump into one of these trades before it's too late is what I think. But who knows? Anything could happen. These could all go to zero by next year. Mental health check. Yes, I am talking to you. Feeling sad, struggling, feeling anxious, looking for direction. These are all normal feelings we encounter every day that honestly kind of suck and can be really hard to navigate. But the good news is there are resources to help you manage these feelings and make you a more productive person. And that is therapy, specifically our show sponsor, BetterHelp. Me, personally, I'm an extremely high energy type A person, but on the flip side of that, when I go low, I go real low. And before therapy to deal with the lows, I do unhealthy things like binge eat, hide in my room watching Gossip Girl on repeat all day, crying, alone, you get the picture. But the worst for me and my sort of mental health disaster specialty was picking huge fights with people close to me and absolutely sabotaging relationships. I was kind of tired at one point of just like repeating the same behaviors that yielded really stressful results like the loss of relationships I valued. So let's talk about me actually entering therapy. I did not walk in the door with a smile. I was way too cool for it, approached it from kind of like, honestly, like an angry place, like, oh, why am I here? And I'd, you know, I'd heard it was good. And and then I just sort of took it on. Like I definitely used my therapist as a bit of a punching bag, not literally speaking, but it just felt good to have like this safe place to unleash my feelings and emotions and a safe place, let me add. And I could be myself, like say what was on my mind and not just have to put on an act or be worried that somebody was judging me. Like there is no BS to this game. It's all about helping you and you get to be whoever you want to be with that person you're working with. And like a month in, I was calmer. I found new ways to handle my stress. All right, so emotions are kind of like my thing, but therapy is also great for people who maybe want to adjust their like drinking and drug habits, overeating, and overeating actually I did work on in therapy and was able to manage binge eating successfully. So I thought that was great. I also think it's a great tool for moms, new moms. BetterHelp works with you on your phone. It's obviously completely confidential, secure, all that. You can FaceTime, text. Cake for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp and our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash cake. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P dot com slash cake, C-A-K-E. 
please DM me, send me a note. If you're interested, I can connect you. This link will be in the show's bio. It will also be on my Instagram, so it's easy to find. And give it a try. I promise you this is worth your money. Okay, Mr. Josh Beckerman, thank you so much for coming on Cake for Breakfast today. I've been missing you. I actually was thinking about you the other day because I want to know where to go out in the city, where I should be eating, and what you've been up to. How are you? I'm magical always. I <laughs> I just I only I just eat all day at restaurants and entertain at events. Well, now I entertain on Zoom. Uh, yeah. Although things are starting to open up. Uh, fully vaxxed here, so feel free to spit on me. Well, can we tell the listeners at Cake for Breakfast a little bit what you do? You post from restaurants all over New York City. You make me want to eat everywhere you go. And then you'll, you're will you also an amazing magician. I met you at our mutual friend's house, Daniel Lakind, who throws the best parties. And you had, there was probably 200 people there. And Josh, a.k.a. the foodie magician, I don't know how he did it, but he guessed everybody's favorite restaurant completely accurately. It was like nothing I've ever seen. You were a bit of a brainchild, though, because you went to some fancy school, and then you said you were kind of like gambling, memorizing, and doing that the whole time when you were there, right? Well, I went to Bucknell University in Pennsylvania. I was a business major, right. minor in film studies. My my nickname was The Card Man. I used to do card tricks to yes. drunk fraternity people for four years. Now I do uh, mind reading to drunk people uh, all over the world and in, on Zoom now, but all over the world, really. Uh, so, yeah, the, I've known around the world just – as the foodie magician, what is the foodie magician? I am the only magician, mentalist, comedian in the entire world that literally just eats at restaurants all day and all night. I don't cook. The only thing in my fridge is bottled waters. I just eat at restaurants. When I'm not eating, I'm entertaining. When I'm not entertaining, I'm not eating. I'm the foodie magician, not fruity, foodie magician. That's right. You're very cool. You're very cute. Are you dating someone in the city right now? Or are you just too busy killing it at the job? Well, that's a wonderful question. I thought you never asked, Miss Devine. Uh, no, I, I like to say on my Instagram post, hashtag still single. I'm, I'm not, I don't, that's a great question. I'm not dating anybody uh, besides myself. I take myself on amazing dates every night and day, great restaurants, uh, and I attempt to make myself laugh during these meals. But no, I, I'm not dating now, but thank you for asking. Okay, here's some questions I've had because everyone's going to start following you. It's foodie magician, F-O-O-D-I-E, and then magician, just spell it out like the word. And you'll see what Josh does. And I'm always curious about a couple of things. Do the restaurants pay you to come there or do you, do they serve you the food for free? Oh, that's a great question. I no, I pay for 85% of my meals. Uh, I, I mean, okay. I get emails every day from publicists or owners or chefs to asking me to come into the restaurant. Uh, I like to go where I want, when I want, and I never actually plan my meals. Most 95% of my meals are spontaneous. I let the universe guide me. Uh, and I also like to support, especially during these hard, harder times. I like to uh, support and pay for all my meals. But occasionally I will get a free meal. Um, if, if I get a request from someone, a restaurant that I'm interested in going, I will definitely go. And uh, I always always leave big tips. By the way, there's no such thing as over-tipping. Everyone should know that. But no, I, I pay for 85% of my meals, I would say. So I saw you at an opening. You and the food god, Jonathan Chaban, were doing something together. Was it Ainsworth when the new one opened downtown? What was the meal you guys were promoting? It was like gold waffles or something ridiculous well, that was a while. like that? Well, that was well, first of all, you have a good memory. Second of all, that could have been three or four years ago. Uh, that was what I call BC before COVID, Jessica. Uh, no, there was like some gold uh, flaked w chicken wings that we shared together. But this was years ago. I actually yeah. ran into Food God in Miami at Carbone in Miami uh, a couple weeks back and said hi to him. But yeah, he's 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 a he's a big food personality as well. Yes. Is, is he making most of his money on going to restaurants and getting promoted, or do you think it's from brand deals he's doing? Um. 
Well, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know him that yeah. well, but I, I, uh, we can ask him. But um, I'm assuming <laughs> he's getting I'm, – I'm assuming brand deals, but I actually don't know. Yeah. Let's talk Miami for a second. Yes. Um, did you you headed down there and got to know the scene a little bit during COVID since things were much more open? Well, correct? here's the thing. Uh, the love of my life is New York City. She's my love of my life. Uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. is uh, my – I have, uh, I guess, my mistress. Miami is my side piece. Uh, shall we say, but I mean, me and New York City have an open relationship, but we, I love her unconditionally, even though she could be a cold bitch during the winter, which is true. And I know I'm not a fan of the cold. I'm not going to lie. I love the warm weather. So in February, uh, late February, I went down to Miami for two and a half weeks to enjoy the warmth and check out the culinary scene. Uh, and it, which is, which is picking up five years ago, the food in Miami was eh. Now, my, my friend Simon Kim, who owns Coat Korean Steakhouse, which just opened up in Miami, calls okay. Miami New York City's sixth borough, which I agree. All the New Yorkers are going down to Miami. But uh, the food scene in Miami is getting better. There's obviously New York restaurants like Carbone and Mi- and Coat down there. But um, yeah, New- What do we think of a like a Dave Grutman of Miami versus a Noah Tepperg of New York City? Is it the similar style of guy, similar That's style? That's a great comparison, actually. They're the same. They're they're the same. Noah is the Dave Grutman of New York and, and Las Vegas, I Who's guess. Who's more powerful right now? Well, no, 100% Noah Tepperberg is because they Tau Group just bought Hakkasan Group. They're killing it. Did you know oh, about I that? I saw that. Yeah, I actually, sorry, that deal, I just saw that deal come across. Yeah. So his, but he got bought out. He owned Tau Group, and then they got bought out by like the Madison Square um, Garden. Madison Square, yeah, yeah. Bought them, yeah. Everyone's doing well. They're all, they're both those guys. Are... Oh, so Madison Square bought. So they're part of Madison Square. Madison Square bought Hackathon. I guess I don't know the exact yeah. business details, but yeah. they're all doing well. They're, they're, yeah, they'll be fine. What do we think of the Good Time Hotel and Swan Miami and that whole scene? Well, the Good Time Hotel opened up after I had left, so I don't know about it. I mean, I know about it, but I haven't checked it out. Uh, although I will say I saw a video for, from Architectural Digest posted. The rooms looked a little small. And I don't like small. I like big. That's what she said. Anyways, uh, Swan Miami, also a restaurant I've never been to. Also co-owned by Dave Grutman and Pharrell Williams, uh, the great singer. And Beckham, too. Isn't he in the mix? I thought he was in there, too. And what? I think David Beckham's in the mix, too. They might be. Uh, I don't. Those are scene spots, scene spots, which I, I'll, I haven't been to. I like to find hidden gems, although I go to the scenes too. But uh, all right, let's uh, dig into the juice here because Josh knows all the secrets. I want to play like kind of a twenty questions game. Just throw stuff at you, and you tell me what you think. Best spot to take a girl in the city right now, New York City. We're talking only Fort Charles Prime Rib. If she eats Fort- meat, as long as- okay. Fort Charles Prime Rib. Okay, best spot for girls to go out. We've got a lot of cool, hot women that listen to the show. I'm sure you'll get lots of DMs after this. Where do girls go out that are single and want to meet guys in New York City right now? We can't mingle at bars, so what's our next best option? Uh, Lola Taverna is a big sceney spot. Lola Taverna in the West uh, Village Soho area. I am uh, hosting my birthday party there on Saturday night. Maybe you'll stop by. Well, how many? Is it all girls? It's all girls. What time? I'll I'll be there 20 minutes early. With extra oh yeah! Oh my God, that's so sweet. Um, we are going there at seven thirty at night. We have the big table at the front. I'll be there at six thirty. Oh my gosh, that's so fun! I'm but so no, excited. Okay, so best up. spot to pick up Lola Taverna. You sit at a table. You talk to people around you. Lola's always booked up though. Like you have to know someone to get in right now. So give me two other spots that girls can go. Well, when you say girls, to, like to meet guys, like scenes. Yeah, just to meet people. I mean, want to meet people are seeing... like catch and catch steak are good scenes. Catch catch steak, those are good okay. scenes. And um, 
I guess it depends what kind of guy you want to meet, you know? Do you want to meet Good guys. New York, we're talking the New York City crowd, so the type of guys you want to take home to your mom and, you know. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, I do. So I do know every restaurant in New York. I'm trying to think. If I was a girl, so catch, catch, steak, those are scenes. Tao is a yeah. scene. Um, catch, catch, steak, you're picking up a guy that's going to have a summer share in the Hamptons. That's the idea with a spot like that, I would say. Yeah, but you really want to meet a guy that has his own owns his own home in the Hamptons and doesn't share. That's what I would if I were you guys. Ooh, so where are those guys at? Um, wow, that's a great question. I don't know. Uh, Pastis has a good scene. Pastis. They just opened okay. up. They reopened Balthazar, which is which is uh, I like Pastis better. Same same owner, uh, Keith McNally. But uh, the food you don't go to Balthazar for the food. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I love Balthazar food. I love that one dish they have. Wait, I bet steak you already free? know what it is. Steak Pardon? free? The steak free? Of course. Is that it? <laughs> See? Yeah. I swear, that's what it was. There you go. Mine um, you, go. you got food images. Okay. Okay, you're dating somebody and you want to go on a nice date. You want it. This is the meal that the girl has to pay for for the first time because the guy's been taking her out and paying everything for two months. Wow. No. I oh, okay. That I haven't even reached that point in my dating life. Wow. Where the girl pays. Usually I pay for the first meal and then she disappears. I call it, I guess it's called being ghosted. But that's okay. We'll pull through. I was like, that's a great magic trick. You're a better magician than me. You literally haven't texted me back and you literally disappeared. Silence. Anyways, um are we talking Manhattan or Brooklyn too? Cuz there's a lot of great spots in Brooklyn no, too. Just just Manhattan. Not Brooklyn. No Brooklyn. By the way, there's great spots in Brooklyn, but you said, okay. Nope, so just Manhattan. A girl's got to take me out to Italian food. Uh, Carbone's a little too, Carbone is great, actually. Too pricey. Too, too pricey. pricey. So we yeah. go down a notch. Emilio's Bellato. Emilio's Bellato. There you heard it, girls. You need to pay for a meal finally. That's where you want to be taken, your man. What, uh, I want to keep rolling on this chat here. You're going out with girlfriends, you're meeting, what's a great place for sitting and doing work and, and maybe meeting people and talking if you don't have a membership at the Soho House? Okay, you just read my mind. Um, if you don't have a member, oh, well, the Bowery Hotel lobby, uh, Bowery Hotel first floor is cool as heck, although they have limited seating now because of the, the coronavirus. But I do think the Bowery Hotel is an amazing place. Um, and uh, it's just cool as heck. I think it's the coolest spot. Um, but uh, also, um, uh, the second floor, again, I don't know what the, the, pro the COVID protocols are anymore, uh, but uh, the second floor of the um, Freehand Hotel uh, is a cool and chill spot. Um, and uh, and it's cheap. You been? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, so there's a restaurant on the first ground floor called Simon and the Whale. I don't know if it's open, to be honest. Uh, the same owner group that owns Simon and the Whale owns a place in the West Village called Fairfax, which is also the sister to Joseph Le Leonard and Jeffrey's mm -hmm. Grocery. But Fairfax... Oh, love. That's a good spot. That's a great brunch spot. You're hungover. You guys had a fun night. You still have your hair extensions in from the night before, and you want to look kind of cute and have a Caesar somewhere, go to Joseph Leonard. Joseph Leonard, absolutely. But Fairfax is a good place to, if you... like, like all, Kind of like an all-day cafe where you go with your computer, and you can just chill and have a coffee. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. I like that. Okay. What is the hot meal of like, can, is there a hot cuisine right now? Like is Asian really hot or is Russian food really hot? Like, is there a hot cuisine that you see picking up? The cuisine that's picking up that no one's talking about yet, but it's going to make it a slower, slow, bur a slow, not burn, slow, slow thing is Korean food is actually making up. I think Korean food and Israeli food. Well, Korean, I think Korean is the next Japanese for instance, Interesting. Well, well, for I'll give you an example. Well, for instance, one of the best restaurants in America, 
which just opened up in Miami, which is originated in on 22nd Street between 5th and 6th. Cote Korean Steakhouse, C-O-T-E. Have you been, Jessica? No. Will you take me some time if my boyfriend allows it? Uh, you have a boyfriend? <laughs> I think I gotta disappear. I gotta leave this. Anyways, uh, coat. Uh, he should take you there. It's if he likes. If you guys like meat, coat's amazing. Down the block from coat, there's a tasty menu Korean restaurant called Jua J U A. Um, there's a restaurant in the East Village. It's not not new, but it's called Oiji O I J I. Another Korean restaurant that's fabulous. Um, and then there's of course there's a fancier one called Jung Sik in Tribeca. But these are but there but I think Korea Korea and then there, of course you got Koreatown. I think Korean food is really going to take over in the next three years. I also predict that Israeli food is going to make a comeback. Not a comeback. Okay, back. I love Israeli food. I love Mediterranean food. I've never had good Israeli or Mediterranean in the city except for Nur and you are. That's a good spot. Yeah, I mean, I think there's got. I think someone's got. So you got 19 Cleveland. You got and Shushu both in Soho. Then you have uh, twelve chairs, one in Williamsburg, one in Soho. Those three, and if you go, if you want to go more Middle Eastern, Moroccan, you go to Cafe Mogador. I think Israeli needs to make a huge push in New York because I think we're, I think it needs more because the food in the Israeli cuisine is fabulous, but I think there needs to be a big push for that cuisine. But I feel it's coming. I feel it coming in my bones. I can feel it in my magical bones. But um. Then, Question on the business side of restaurant, and that's interesting, and I will definitely check out those spots. Who is the person or the people that pay for the restaurant? And is it does the business go, you find a chef, kind of like a movie, you find an actor, and then you build around the chef? Is the people paying for the restaurant? Are they like ex-finance guys trying to get into a new hustle and do something cool? Is it all trust fund kids? Where does the money come from that uses the restaurant business well it's obviously a rest it's a case-by-case -case basis but a lot of most restaurants have many investors so i guess friends and friends like you a lot of restaurants uh and again i don't know because i don't own a restaurant i just eat at them but i would say that you know people own a piece like per, like a small percentage of each restaurant you get a lot of investors to invest in your concept but then then of course there's restaurants that have big money backers uh, and then there, um, you know, if you have uber wealthy friends that you can might have just one partner or two partners, but I would think, I don't know. I, I don't understand the, especially in New York city. I don't, I would never open up a restaurant in New York because that's very tough industry. Uh, I couldn't be an owner, chef, bartender, server, busboy. The only thing I can do in the restaurant industry is eat. That's the only thing I do. It's a tough <laughs> industry, especially in New York where the, where the rents are extremely high. Hopefully they're being yeah. lowered because of the pandemic. I'm praying. It's just to, just to break even is really tough. Um, last question. Your favorite place in the city to spend a lot of money at? Well. We're talking expensive restaurant here. We're talking like the, the four price sign restaurants. What do you think is the best spot? Well, if I had a limited budget. Well, I mean, I do like. Endless budget. I do like Carbone, which isn't cheap. When you you know when you're paying fifty, sixty dollars for pasta and a uh, veal parm, I, I like what they do there. I mean, uh, it's kind of like old school uh, it, Italian in a in a modern way. I like. I feel like if Frank Sinatra was alive, he would go to Carbone. So I do like Carbone. Uh, Code Korean Steakhouse is another favorite restaurant of mine in America, in all of America, I, which I previously mentioned. I love. Uh, although I th it's actually not too expensive. It's it's like um, they have a, a butcher's feast there, which is like fifty eight bucks a per, per person, which is you get a little taste of all the meats there, which I really love. Coat, um, and oh, and then 
uh, the date spot I, I recommended earlier for Charles Prime Rib. Again, it's not overly priced expensive, but I mean, it's such a great, I think for Charles Prime Rib is an amazing restaurant, very intimate. Again, it's old, got this old school New York feeling to it. Uh, only a couple tables, great service, great food. And you have to get the French dip for dessert. Done, done, done. Can we play one quick magic trick before we go? Can we do magic tricks over Zoom? Yeah, we could try it. And you're, this is being recorded. So first yes. is, um, I'll do two things real quick. One is, uh, so I, I do mind reading and mentalism, but um, when I was younger, I used to do card tricks. So right now, so you, you the people listening so say, I have a deck of cards. Uh, I have a box of cards in front of you. Is that correct? You do. Before I take these cards, I'm going to tell you, I, I reversed one card. One card is flipped over. We will, you're going to create a card. So do you want a red card or a black card? A uh, black card. Okay, so do you want a club or a spade? A spade. So Jessica, you're creating a card uh, on your own with no help from me. Which spade do you want? Ace, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, jack, queen, or king? Ace. Are you sure? Yes. Whatever you do, don't blink. Tell uh, tell your listeners. What am I doing? I'm taking out the okay, cards. Okay, I'm looking right? at your hands, pulling the cards out of the deck. And are I'm all the cards? You, you're full on Zoom. You're full on Zoom. Are all the cards faced one way? Everything's looking at me. Is there one card reversed? Yes or no? Yes. Ever, you know what card I reversed before the Zoom started? The card you just said, the Ace of Spades. But mind blown. Tell Mr. everyone. Tell Booty the magician. tell the listeners what happened. Was the Ace of Spades reversed? The Ace of Spades was reversed, and I watched the entire thing happen in front of my eyes. But I don't you know understand what's crazy? magic. I had a vision of you this morning. I didn't even know I was going to be on this podcast. And is this? I drew a picture on this card. Do you, do you see? Tell your listeners what are you looking at right now? It's a stick figure, right? Yeah, I'm looking at a stick figure on a deck of cards. And in what is Josh's he doing hands. right now? Is he reaching into his hat? He's Looks, reaching into his hat. Oh my god, it's like drawn, you guys. It's like a stick figure. And what card it's is like he a pulling stick... out? What card did he pull out? Oh, that's how do you do that, Josh? I don't. But like also, this, you could have sent a card. In my back, my hands are empty. In my back pocket, I have one Stop card. Stop it! Stop. And it's the Ace of Spades, the card that you just said. I can't. Said. I but can't. But let me ask you I'm this, dead. because um, I love food. But I also love dogs. My Instagram is all food, food, food. Sometimes I throw in a dog. Did you ever have a dog when you were younger? Yes or no? I did. And no one can know this. I don't know this. I, I, where did this dog live? In Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Wow. Throw me for a loop on that one, Jessica. But uh, anyways, A, uh, is that in Canada? Yes. Mind reader. How would I know that? Also, Canada happens to be one of my top three favorite countries in all of North America. I'm going to cry. There must be a connection with us. Also. Wait, wait. Do you have a favorite Canadian restaurant? Yes. It, Joe Beef. Love it. Love it. What Keep was on. the name of your dog growing up in Saskatchewan? Oreo. Okay. Was it a black lab? Uh, yeah, black, uh, black lab? No. Airedale Terrier. Wait, a what? Airedale Terrier. Okay, this is crazy. You know, so my shows, Jessica, that I do all over the world and on Zoom have a theme. Connection. Everyone's connected. Uh, behind me, since we started this Zoom podcast, there's a dog. Can you see the stuffed dog? I can. It's been sitting there this whole time. I've been talking to you. My hands are empty. Watch carefully, Jessica. Does this, I love the coon balloon in your place. Does this look at all like the dog that you had growing up? Yes or no? It does a little bit, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> my shows are about connection. I'm taking off a tag that's been on my dog all the time. You know what the crazy thing is? The name of my dog also is... How do, Josh, stop it. How tell, does that work? Tell the he listeners. He's holding a teddy and Oreo's name is on the thing. The name of your How dog. How does that work? Because we are connected. Everyone is connected. And you got Foodie Magish. We're all, I'll see you at Co-Korean Steakhouse. Your boyfriend can stay at home.
Uh, thank <laughs> oh you. Oh my friend. gosh. Love you, Josh. Thank you so, so much for your time today. All right. Have a magical week. Sweet. Love you, Josh. Bye. Bye-bye. Now for a quick interruption, I just want to ask something out of you guys. If you were listening to the show today and have not subscribed, would you mind just taking a couple seconds to do so? It's super simple. I'm going to walk you through it really quick. All you have to do is pick up your phone that you're listening to the show on, go to the main screen. You should see a purple icon. It almost looks like a satellite dish and it says podcast below it. Once you open that up, in the search icon, type in cake for breakfast. The show will come up and just hit the subscribe button. It's free for you and very meaningful for me. It supports my business. And honestly, Oprah asks her listeners to do the same thing, so I don't feel weird about it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and thank you even more for supporting the show today.